What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Ratcliffe, and it is Thursday, August 20th. Man, it's August freaking 20th already? How, where does time go? Time is a SOB. Although I will say, I am excited that August sort of went quickly because I am ready to get into fantasy football draft season. It's on. It's on. And yesterday, over at FTNFantasy.com, I did a coaching session at 2.30 Eastern, doing another one today. you got to be a platinum subscriber for that thing. But I could tell the excitement among everybody asking questions. It's basically, ask me as many questions as you can in 30 minutes, and I'll answer as many as I can. Got through all of them yesterday. People were even asking me about beer at the end of this thing. But the excitement was palpable. It was awesome. FTNFantasy.com coaching session today at 2.30, tomorrow, Friday at 2.30 as well. Uh, But awesome stuff. We got to continue with the draft plan today, part two. And I actually do have, I didn't do this yesterday on the show, but I do have some hard knocks intel for you for this week, for this week's episode. But uh, before we get into that, you know what I'm going to do. Our sponsor for today, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? I'm sure you do. Well, you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against the Sharks, which means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. Monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports. But I tell you what, I know the sport that everybody loves is, of course, football. They have that. We just aren't in football season yet. But the beauty, hey, if you sign up now, you get a free $5 game. You can play it on NBA playoffs or something like that. Uh, It's easy to play the game. You know, I'm never going to say it's easy to win, but it's easy to play the game. So just sign up. Free $5 game for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, R-A-N-T, you're going to have your first deposit matched up to $50. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain. You know what you're going to be getting into when you sign up to play monkeys and knives and fights and sports? Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply and see site for full terms and restrictions. I cannot stress this enough. The best way you can help this podcast out, I'm telling you right now, if you want this pod to keep going, because I want to keep doing this thing, I want to keep doing it. The best way, monkeyknifefight.com, promo code RANT. Do it. Do it. Do it. Just go and do it. Seriously. Because football is going to be here before you know it. You might as well be sitting there with 50 extra dollars to play. Like I said, the game is very easy to play. It's very, very easy to play. So I, I would highly recommend uh, getting in on that. And just, I mean, hey, $53. Promo code RANT. Please help me out. Sign up. Uh, get that free money. Get that free game. And let it rip. All right, real quick on some Hard Knocks Intel. So this week's episode, yet again, COVID was the big focus. Uh, and what I love about Hard Knocks, especially more so than some of these other documentary series on football, and there's a lot of great ones right now. Obviously, uh, you know, All or Nothing on Amazon is tremendous. On Netflix, you have The Last Chance You, which uh, they just released their fifth season of that uh, the other day, or not the other day, the other week. I finished it the other day, and that's tremendous. Uh, you know, QB1 is also tremendous, just any of these things. I'm a football junkie. Of course, I think it's tremendous. 
But those are so, they're released so much later than when they happen. The beauty to Hard Knocks, this is freaking happening right now. We're almost seeing it in real time. So what we saw at the beginning of the episode before the open, uh, you know, sort of the, the opening credits, whatever you want to call them, is Sean McVay emphasizing, emphasizing September 13th. He said it twice I like to hear that. I love the confidence that this is going to happen in this episode. We saw a bunch of things in terms of COVID. We did see what the COVID mask would look like on the helmets. It's an insert to the helmet. Uh, we saw Anthony Lynn, uh, you know, with a megaphone addressing the team on the field. So social distancing. We even saw <clears throat> essentially the Chargers players being, you know, strongly encouraged to. Uh, social distance on the practice field and even kind of t- policing themselves in the process. Uh, no new cases reported for either team. We knew that, but we also did see, hey, the Chargers do have vets commuting to practice, uh, not staying in the hotel with uh, the the rookies where the rookies are staying. So uh, interesting that, you know, we, we had that. We also saw, uh, uh, you know, Rex Ryan's son is on the coaching staff there. And he tested positive, and they were kind of blown away because it's like all he does is play, you know, video games, social distance, play video games, and you know, uh, football. That's all he does, and it ended up being a false positive. Uh, so that can potentially that's that's something that could impact us. I mean, remember Matthew Stafford was being reported as a false positive as well. Um, and if you know, hey, if it tests positive, you don't know it's the false positive for a few days afterwards so this could impact us if a player tests positive on a Saturday and then turns out to be a false positive but we don't find out until like a Monday he may miss a game you know so something to think about with that uh only two interesting notes and they both come from the Chargers we're not getting a lot on the Rams I mean, it was a there was a Jared Goff focal uh, focus uh, showing his home and his little like you know chipping green at, at his home, uh, not much there other than you know some interactions between him and McVeigh. So I didn't really see much out of the, uh, you know, out of the 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 focus. The focal point for the Rams seems to be the defensive side of the ball. Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, etc. But Justin Herbert highlighted again, again on the show. And showed how he is really getting used to being under center. We know at Oregon he was not asked to do that. He was out of shotgun. Uh, and, you know, in, in terms of his cadence, they were talking about his cadence, that he was giving some things away. And remember, in the NFL, uh, you give even an inch away, and NFL defenses, NFL coaching staffs are going to take a mile from that inch. So they were working on that. They showed how Terod Taylor, obviously a veteran, is very savvy in that area. So not a big concern because, again, you see the the ability that he has. Now, Anthony Lynn did point out, you know, he's a quieter guy. We did hear that about him at Oregon. But you can still – you don't have to be yelling and screaming like Phillip Rivers to be a good leader. Their leadership comes in, in different forms, different shapes, different sizes. So I'm not really worried about that. And I'm still sticking to my story here. I think the under on four and a half games played for Terod Taylor is – the number. Also, Darius Bradwell is a big guy for a running back. Now, of course, he is big uh, in terms of a little bit extra LBs uh, up over 255 where they're expecting him to play. It sounds like more like 235. Uh, he did look like that. I noticed at the beginning of the episode, I'm like, that running back looks a little uh, rotund. 
And uh, then they, they immediately started talking about that. But Anthony Lynn saying he has potential. And I just think this is another one of those teams where you do have to pay attention to deeper down the depth chart. The, the team, has, you know, they gave Austin Eckler a chance. And he really performed, obviously, well now being their feature back. And they did highlight that in this episode. Uh, this is one reason why I really do miss the preseason uh, because Austin Eckler exploded in the fourth game of the preseason, the final week of the preseason in his rookie year. And I was like, I don't know anything about this dude because I didn't do do any prep work on him before the draft. So I went back, learned a little bit more about him, but honestly just thought that was it. I, I spent maybe 15 minutes after that just because when a guy pops, he pops and you got to take note. It may never be anything beyond that point, but he popped. And so I was like, all right, well, let's let's write this name down. Austin Eckler? I, I you know, didn't even know how to say it at the point at that point. And lo and behold, he, he started to emerge later on. And then boom, you know, here we are just a couple years later, and Austin Eckler's the dude. Uh so anyway, nothing really, no clarity on Justin Jackson or Joshua Kelly in the episode, but we are hearing that Justin Jackson is running ahead of Joshua Kelly. So for now, Justin Jackson is going to be the guy who I get, go after in that backfield. You can get him basically for free at this point. He's a, he's a later round guy, uh, which is not a bad thing right there. So that's the Hard Knocks intel for this week. Sometimes Hard Knocks will yield some really interesting nuggets if you know what you are, uh, if you know what you're looking for. But um, you know, other times maybe it isn't. You know, doesn't give you a ton. This year so far, obviously with the focal point being COVID, uh, not getting a ton of info, but you never know. So we'll do a, do another one next week on the pod. So yesterday on the podcast, if you haven't listened to that already, I'd suggest going back and listening to part one. I will, I will be here when you get back if you uh, listen to that. But I suggest going back and listening to that part because really that solidifies what we're going to do in the early rounds. And in the early rounds, what you do has a ripple effect on the rest of your draft. And it's really for this reason that I I keep recommending to folks not to go quarterback, not to go tight end early because that has a ripple effect. I had a caller on my SiriusXM show yesterday who I could tell really, really wanted me to sign off on going uh, with a combination of Kelsey and Mahomes in the second and third rounds, and I'm just not willing to do it, especially at positions where I'm only starting one. I'm not going to do that. I think the chain reaction that's created, now you're scrambling at running back to get caught up, and... I don't know if you're going to be able to do it this year where you're going to feel comfortable going into the season. Sure, you have Mahomes, but people who drafted Mahomes last year, I mean, Mahomes had an amazing year. He won the Super Bowl, and literally, he won the darn Super Bowl. You know, that was largely him. I mean, there's a lot of talented players there, but you know what I mean. Put the team on a back. And for fantasy purposes, he wasn't the best pick in the second round. He really was not. Because he got hurt. It's not a knock on him. He had a great season. But injuries can happen. And the value cost to a team who drafted him there was pretty sizable. Even if you had a running back who got hurt in the second round, well, you now have another running back behind him and another running back behind him. The value cost isn't as significant. And 
I think we, you know, when I talk about this on these on these pods, so I'm talking to a wide audience. I know that, and you may be listening right now, and you may have been in a football coma from the Super Bowl. Maybe you woke up briefly for the draft, but from the Super Bowl until now, I'm talking to you, but I'm also talking to some people I know. You might be listening to this. You might be, you might be putting a lot of money into fantasy sports. Whether it's DFS, whether it's high stakes leagues, you know, running a hundred best ball leagues or more every year, and you may be a very advanced player, you may be a very advanced drafter, and you might say, "Well, Jeff, I think I can get away with this." By all means, do it. But when I'm speaking to this audience for you, I'm speaking to this audience in a broad sense, and I can't really advise that because I know a lot of drafters could get in over their heads really quickly uh, with that approach. So keep it simple. That's key. Keep it simple. Great advice. Keep it simple. So that's why I, I'm I'm approaching things that way. And when it comes to quarterback, you know, the draft day checklist, which I went over on the podcast a few pods back, I want to get at least two rounds of value on a quarterback if I'm going to draft one of the top eight guys roughly. Which, for the most part, that means, you know, if I'm looking at Russ or Deshaun or even Dak, but I'm not going to get two rounds on Dak this year. I don't, I just don't see it happening. I want to get them at least in the seventh round. You know, for Josh Allen, that probably means the eighth round. I don't think in most drafts any of those guys fall that far. I, I don't think so. I really don't. But they could. And if they could, if, if it can happen, possibly, it's going to happen in some drafts, so I just want to be prepared for it. Uh, you can get quality options later on in drafts, though. Lamar Jackson, he was a ninth or 10th round pick in most drafts last year. Dak Prescott was an 11th round pick, 17th quarterback off the board. Kyler Murray was a 10th round pick, finished 7th among quarterbacks. Josh Allen was a 13th round pick, finished 6th among quarterbacks in fantasy scoring. You can do just fine waiting at the position. You know, it's just this, the nature of the beast. So if I don't get two rounds of value, the first place where I'm really looking is round nine. And I do want to enact this safe and upside. So I've talked about safe and upside many times before. I want to get a safe guy, whether it's Drew Brees or Tom Brady in the ninth round, or whether it's Maddie Stafford uh, in the 10th or 11th round, even if it's Ben Roethlisberger in the 13th round, I view them as higher floor safe guys. Jared Goff in the 14th round. Then I want to get an upside guy, uh, Daniel Jones, Cam Newton in the 10th or 11th round, possibly Joe Burrow or Baker Mayfield in the 12th or 13th round. That's it. It's really that simple. If you don't get two rounds of value, safe and upside. That way you swing for the fences, boom. You hit a home run like you did with Lamar last year or like you did with Mahomes the year before that or like you did with Wentz the year before that or Dak last year. I mean, whoever it is, you hit the home run, you're good. If you don't, you caught them, move on. There's going to be guys who emerge this year. There's going to be guys out of the these guys who I'm mentioning who are going to be disappointments. My optimal pairing this year is Breeze and Daniel Jones. But I don't mind Breeze and Newton. I don't mind Brady and Daniel Jones. I don't mind Brady and Newton. Uh, If I really whiff on those guys or they go too early, which is fine. If they go too early, it's fine. I don't mind doing that round 12-13 Baker-Roethlisberger or Burrow-Roethlisberger. I don't mind that at all. Or going Baker-Goff, Burrow-Goff. Don't mind that at all. 
It's basically free at the It's not sexy. You're not going to look at it and be like, oh my God, I'm going to roster bait to this. It's not sexy, but it could really work and it's dirt cheap. Now, when it comes to running backs, I mentioned in the draft day checklist, I have two items I want to accomplish. First and foremost, I want to get a top 10 guy. You really have to consider that with where you are in the first round. If you're early in the first round, it's easy. It's easy. If you're late in the first round, it could still be easy to get one in the second round if you pass on it in the first round. The middle part of the first round is most challenging. And that's where I keep finding myself passing up on Michael Thomas and going with a running back because I don't think one gets back to me. Something you have to consider. Definitely. The other thing is I want to get four before round 10. And so I think if you come out of, say you come out of the first five rounds with two, you get one in the first round, maybe you get that ugly group in the fourth round, the Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, you know, Todd Gurley group. It isn't sexy, but I don't think it's terrible. The next spot I really want to look at is round six. Now, six can be one of two things for me typically. If it's Darren Waller is there, then I, I'm absolutely snapping up Darren Waller. Somebody asked me, how far does Mark Andrews have to fall? Because Mark Andrews currently going in the fourth round. I don't think I would look at him in the fifth round, to be honest, because I still want to look at wideouts in that range. I love wideouts in that range. But in the sixth round, if Andrews is there, <laughs> I would, I mean, I'd be running even faster than if Waller was <laughs> there. I mean, wow. And that could happen if people fall asleep at the wheel. So just be prepared for that. But for the most part, I am looking at one of these rookies in the sixth round. If Swift is there, love it. If Akers is there, rock solid. I would even consider late sixth round taking a flyer on Ronald Jones just in case I'm wrong. My evaluation is I don't think he's going to hold the job for the entire season, but I've been wrong many times before. My wife will tell you that. So I would take a stab on Ronald Jones. In round seven and eight, it's a little bit of a dead zone for running backs, so that's why typically you'll, you'll hear my tight end recommendation in a minute. But Dobbins and Antonio Gibson are going in this range. I'm, I think you probably have, you're probably going to have to draft him in the seventh round if you want him this year. I'm fine with either of them as my third. I'd uh, be even better if they're my fourth running back this year. If you get a little bit further in nine and ten, I mean, you have some of these handcuff or guys in the committee: Breda, Tevin Coleman, Lat Murray, Madison. Those guys are there. If you get beyond that, I think you can get Keyshawn Vaughn for for free, basically, like round 11 at this point. So he'd be maybe the one. There's two guys who I would consider in round 11 now if I don't get four uh, by round 10. Uh, that's Vaughn and Damian Harris. He keeps moving up, man. Keeps moving up. Zach Moss, Tony Pollard back there. I have some other recommendations later on. I mean, Bryce Love's getting some momentum. If so if you really wanted to take a flyer on somebody at the end, might be looking at somebody like him. Wide out, I'm trying to fill in the gaps with wide out. So I typically will come out of the first five rounds with three of them. Could be I have had four at times, so that means you don't have to prioritize it as much. But you have a nice little pocket in round six, seven with Gallup, Marquise Brown, Will Fuller, Tyler Boyd. Round eight, nine, you have the Deontay Johnson, if he falls, area, uh, CD, Marvin Jones, Nicole Hardman, Henry Ruggs, Darius Slayton. In round 10, I love looking at Debo Samuel if I can get him on the cheap. But you also have Christian Kirk, Jerry Judy, Jalen Rager, uh, Anthony Miller, Brandon Ayuk, Curtis Samuel in round 12, 13. Even some deep, deep, deep names in 14 to 16 like Paris Campbell. 
it's a nice spot to look, you know, to sort of sprinkle in wideouts throughout. I think that's the beauty here. We don't have to focus as much on wideouts this year in the middle and late rounds because they're constantly going to be there. So you just, you know, keep an eye on it. And if the value isn't right at the other positions or if you already address tight end uh, and you're you're looking good on running back, then you can kind of go back, shift gears, go back to wideout. Tight end, as I mentioned, you know, I've been saying around six to eight, but really it's it's almost shaping up like seven and eight is the the optimal wheelhouse. If Waller or Mark Andrews, people tell me Mark Andrews has fallen. I love that. If they don't fall, then round seven, eight, and I really would prefer eight for Evan Ingram, Tyler Higby, Hunter Henry. A little bit more proven than the late round guys. There isn't a late round guy who really pops for me this year, like a Mark Andrews last year or a Darren Waller, not quite seeing that. But those would be the guys. Hayden Hurst may go in this range. I like him in round nine better. If he falls to nine and you miss out on those guys, solid option. Then from there, 10 and 11, Gusecki, Fant, Hawkinson, talked about them so many times. Round 12, Dallas Goddard, and then some late round guys too as well. Remember, Goddard is only an option if you already have a tight end. I I don't want to roll in with him as my lone guy. In terms of defense, you don't need the 49ers, okay? You don't need the 49ers if you if you draft. You don't need Justin Tucker at your kicker if you still have kicker. You don't need the 49ers. You don't need the 49ers. They were not the top defense heading into last year. They will very likely not be the top defense heading out of this year, even though they're ranked number one. Use your last two picks if you have to pick the position. All right, I went through that quickly, the draft plan. But the good news This draft plan is up at ftnfantasy.com with much more insight than what I just provided to you right here. It is a complete master plan for how to attack your drafts. It's exactly what I'm going to be doing in drafts this year. I think this will build you the best possible roster. So if you want that, it is behind the paywall. You got to be a subscriber, but there are benefits to being a subscriber. You get rankings, you get projections, you get access to advanced tools. You get access to me in these coaching sessions, 2.30 Eastern today. We have our second coaching session. It's a lot of fun. I would would highly recommend getting in on that. You got to be a platinum subscriber at ftnfantasy.com to check it out. Appreciate everybody reviewing the pod. They continue to come in. Let's get to 1,000. I got a little goal. Let's get to 1,000 reviews and ratings before the season starts on iTunes. If you haven't done that already, go to iTunes, review, rate the show. And the easiest way to do it is if you have an iPhone, open up the podcast app, go to my show, The Rant, scroll to the bottom, click the stars, you're done. That simple. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. You can also find my business page on business page. Sounds so fancy. Business page on Facebook. A lot of people shooting me messages on there. Doing my best to circle back to everybody uh, on the various parts of social media. But use the hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. All right. Tomorrow, Friday, baby. Friday. I'll catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.